Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. scribbled something down last day of the year message no it's more than that an old challenge for a new year an old challenge for a new year Uh, you can open your bibles to colossians and uh, of course we're standing in the last week the last five days of 2015 and uh, what a year it's been lots of breakthroughs uh, for our church you can see the car park going through we launched c3 nairobi we're standing on the edge, but of a new year. We believe in God's moving. He's accelerating his purposes and plans. No greater time is there to reflect on this, on this new year, but also what has transpired. And so we need to reflect on the good times, but we need to take inventory almost of where we're, where we're at with God, where we want to be at with God in 2016. We want to take a close look maybe this morning at our relationship with God, with him. Maybe we need to examine ourselves and see where we've been, where we're going, what's, what, what God has for us in the future. I, I believe prophetically God just wants me to emote a prophetic, um, maybe a, a prayerful uh, challenge to you to help you bring you to a place of realizing that His mercies are new every morning, amen? <laughs> it's new beginnings, guys. That's why he gives us new days. After 24 hours, you've spent all your grace. And that's why it says, or you spent all your mercy. Uh, and you get to that place where you realize, oh my God, I've done with this day. You know when you he- put your head down on the pillow and you go, I'm done with this day. Man. Oh my God, I can't take another moment. You put your head on. But when you, you felt like that last night, that's right. Two, well, Christmas Day was 6 a.m. to 12 a.m. We ended up watching family videos. It's all Andrew's fault. The guy said, no, it wasn't actually Andrew's. It was Evan. Evan says, can I watch his, his, sincere, his sincere desire for Christmas Day? As we gathered as a family, my, I'm talking about my, my son-in-law, was to watch some family videos. And, um, you know, the, 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 my daughter's like almost cringeworthy. It was like, no, no, what have I done? I can't remember what I've said, what I've done. I know dad took a lot of video. I know dad had the video camera in his hand all the time, all the time. I just thought my kids were so special. I thought the moment of my, the family, my, my family was a gift. My kids were a gift. I, I really felt every moment. My kids were such an idol almost in my life. I worshipped them compared to the life I had with, with nothing. No family hanging out with the guys and just yachting and partying and, and whatever. <laughs> um, Travelling. But then to come down and land in this reality of the blessing of God and how God turns all things around for good to those that love him and then watching these baby babies 
we weren't supposed to. Uh, Julie said, look, to be honest, I've had dramas with my womb and uh, got to be honest with you, mightn't be able to have children. And can't have children. Can't have children. children. The doctor said, the specialist said, you can't because you had cervical cancer in the 70s. And uh, Anyway. And I uh, said, look, I don't care. I just want you. I just want you. I'm not, not looking for children just yet. And so... Uh, not until a couple of weeks later, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, somehow we, we we end up getting saved and got into church, and the miracles just started to happen. The miracles just started to happen. Julie fell pregnant shortly after uh, we got married, and wow, that was amazing. Jilly came along, and even the pediatrician is that the, did I get that right? Pediatrician? Yeah. That's not a foot specialist, is it? No. So. <laughs> uh, even the pediatrician said, this is the most beautiful child I've ever seen. Even the pediatrician, he's delivered thousands of babies. But when he held Jilly and brought, brought sorry, Jilly, and when he brought Jilly out, he said, this is the most beautiful child. The, the his wife, wife, his wife came in and said, I, I need to show you this baby. It's the most beautiful baby. And, uh, and, and I went, oh my God, is this true? Is this, is this really? Is this what, boy, I couldn't believe it. All from Julie's side, of course. I mean, um, <laughs> I love God love God I love what he's done in my life and we were watching those videos and the guys were really really blessed to see the kids at such a young age they, can't, they couldn't believe the lifestyle the God lifestyle that we're living the lifestyle of the kids were playing like the Kenans they were doing church they, they, were, they were preaching and doing communion and, 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 you know, on video, and they're videoing each other, doing this stuff. They're taking communion. They're praying for each other. Someone got deliverance. I think, I think Jamie got deliverance or something. And, and the, guys, the guys are just going, this is sensational. What a lifestyle. Oh, and they said, what's that music? Oh, I said, I'll tell you one thing. It will, be, it will be godly music. It will be Christian music. We never played any... The soundtrack to our life was godly music. Before it was really popular, we just found this you know, Catholic monk stuff. We'd put that on because it was awesome. It was so imbued with God. We just wanted the atmosphere of God in our, in our home. We wanted our kids to be nurtured by God. And it's beautiful. So I want to take a close look at uh, our lives and uh, let's, let's, check, let, let's have a look at what God's done for us. And Julie and I were talking about cleaning out our junk room and I, I thought last night, yes, it's very cluttered. Uh, it does need to clean. Uh, there's things that we no longer need. Uh, there, there's things that need to be uh, thrown and there's things that need to be relocated. Uh, there's definitely things that we will come upon that, that bring us down memory lane, amen? And so we will clean that room, but not quite yet, when we get back from holidays, amen? And so I want to, talk, I want to give you a message, and it's derived from Colossians chapter 3. You can open your Bibles to that, 1 to 4. And we're going to talk about things that we need to retain, things that we need to release, and things that we need to remember, as we do a little bit of a clean out and, and as people do and uh, as people clean their homes around Christmas. Let's do that right now and look at this scripture. Let's be challenged by it because I think in these verses we'll see the challenge. There's things that we need to retain, things that we need to release 
and there's things that we need to be reminded of, and, uh, and I think it will help us understand how to give glory to God in the new year. Amen. God so wants to, uh, he so wants you to glorify him, and he wants the fruit out of your life. He wants that fruit that is all possible in him. So let's check this out. The message is called An Old Challenge for a New Year. Can I have that scripture straight up? If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Yes. Set your mind. Now, another version would say, set your affections. Set your affections on things above, not on the things on the earth. I know we're doing a lot of partying at the moment and we're talking with family I tend to loosen up when I talk to unsaved family members, although I get to pray with them, and I did with my two nieces. Would you mind, I said to them, would you mind if I prayed for you? They're late 20s. They're doing famously. They've got degrees. They've got great jobs happening. But in a moment, in a nanosecond, there's an opportunity usually to say, can I pray for you? And they said, yes. Wonderful. Great. So... 45 seconds later, and I'm not timing myself, but I know when too long is too long and, and enough is enough. And, they, and I prayed God's purpose in their life. I prayed that because they're having boyfriend troubles, both of them are still single, beautiful girls. I know, I know what the dilemma is. Their, their future husbands are in the kingdom. They're going to get saved and their husbands are in the kingdom. And God's just... He's busting them to give them their partners. But they've got to get saved first. And that's where I come along. And I said, can I pray for you? Yes. They said, yes. So I prayed for them. And I pastorally, I blessed them. Jeremiah, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but to bless you with a future and a hope. What a powerful scripture. They said, what? what's that? What did you just say then? I said it again. For the Lord says, thus saith the Lord. He has plans for you of a future and a hope. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll take that. I'll receive that. So there's some things that must be retained as we look back on our year. And we've done some great stuff, great teaching. And as we're cleaning out our room, we'll come across things that we need to keep, some things that we need to release, and some things we need to look at, including an old family video, that we need to be reminded of and remember what God is doing. So the first one is, let's do this. Let's state this uh, unto our hearts and to each other. And as it said in that first script, can I have that first uh, Colossians 3, 1 up? Thank you. And if then you were raised with Christ, let's remember this, that we've been raised with Christ. Amen. We've been raised with Christ. Since you are risen with Christ. That's our spiritual reality. That's our reality check, folks. We've been risen. Paul is discussing, he's discussing here, he's saying, this is your spiritual position. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary, every person who ever placed their faith in him also died that day. Galatians 2.20. One of my favorite scriptures, 2.20. Galatians 2.20. What does it say? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith. Say faith. In the Son of God who loved me. Say love me. 
and gave himself for me. Romans chapter 6, verse 1 and 11. We will read it. We will read this. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? No, certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Say newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified, that's our old flesh with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Say, live with him. Now, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him or us. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. And lastly, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. This is good news, but alive to God in Christ. Say alive to God in Christ, Jesus our Lord. Love that. Because I'm dead, because you're dead, we don't have to worry about being punished for our sins. The price has been paid. It's already been paid. Romans 6.23 says, these guys are good this morning, man. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You've been liberated from the power of sin. Keep that. Keep that. Don't throw that away. Keep that. If you're cleaning through your spiritual room, keep that. Romans 6.14, what does that say? For sin shall not have dominion over you. This is great news. For you are not under the law, but under grace. You are under grace. You're a child of God under grace. Child of God. Child of God. I love that, Colossians 2.20. Colossians 2.20. Can I have that one again? I know I backed it up, but I got, yeah. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of this world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourself to these regulations? Paul is reminding us that we're dead to sin, that when Christ was raised, we were raised with him into a new life. Into this life that sometimes I stagger at. And that's why I was filming all the time. I'm going, this is my new life. This is my beautiful wife. These are my children. This is the day. This is what God's doing in my life. I couldn't help but film that and record that. I know that sometimes when you grow up in the church, that you lose some of the awe and wonder of the born-again life. You don't realize what it is to have sensible atmosphere in your home, your car, your, your and you don't realize what it is to have good friends. You don't realize what it is to have conversation with people that's peppered with grace and love. You know, sometimes I come across some uncouth 
men in particular. And it's like I'm being abused by their filthy language. I'm being abused by their uncouthness. You know what I mean? And this is, we got to realize that what we have in 20, what we have right now, dear God, we thank you for it. We th- and we're going to keep a hold of that. We're going to keep, so I'm talking about things that we're not going to throw away. Paul reminds us that we have also been raised with Jesus. When he died, we died. When he, when he rose from the dead, we rose from the dead as well. When he got up, every person who would ever believe in him got up as well. And I love this statement. We must never forget that we are dead to sin and alive to a new life in Jesus. This knowledge will help us live a clean and glorious life unto God. Okay, verse 2. What's it say in verse 2 again? Colossians. And then you were raised. Yes, verse 2. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Set your things. I'm taking some God books away on camping. Uh, I'm going to pray and walk. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to challenge myself. I'm going to imbibe of the spiritual atmosphere that I can create even in my tiny caravan. Um, And I'm, I'm going to imbibe of God. I'm going to inquire of God. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to come to him. I'm going to wrestle my way, seek my way towards the Lord and say, Lord, thank you. Honestly, thank you. But Lord, what do you want me to do in 2016? What new beginnings should I entertain? Not just New Year's resolutions, but your mercies are new every morning. You're giving me a new year. That's got to have new grace on it. That grace that I had in 2015, that was to do that stuff. That was to do this other stuff that you had for me in 2015. What's this new grace that you have for me in 2016? Is it to do this? Is it to do that? Is it to engage this? Is it to engage that? 2016 is a new wind blowing in your sails, invigorating you, empowering you, challenging you, but to maybe engage some area of your life. It may be that estranged relationship. I I, I can't believe Christmas. It is fraught with potential danger of yesterday. Boxing Day is supposed to be my side of the family's get-together, but I realized one of my brothers was out of sorts with my sister. They had an unfortunate um, alter, what is it, altercation on the phone. And um, anyway, I didn't realize that my brother was saying, I'm not coming, I'm not coming to the gathering. And we go, what? We always do this, we always gather. What's he talking about? And he came up with some lame excuse and said, no, that can't be right. You know, you've you got you to come. And so finally someone got to him and he came. But when he came, it was all good. It was all good. God worked it out. And I think constantly, even around Christmas, we're dealing with this dilemma of estranged family members. Is that right? Or is it just me? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to talk about that in a moment, but anyway. So we need to realign our focus. We talked about, we talked about verse 2. Can I have verse 2 again? Thanks, guys. Verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Seeking means present tense. Seeking, Lord, continually be seeking 
things above. Set your thoughts, set your affections on things above. Paul is saying, don't forget, focus your attention, focus your affections. No matter what happens, even Christmas, no matter what happens, even um, you know, whatever football game, whatever great event, continue to focus your affections on God. And that will bring glory to me. So Paul says it like this. He talks about the deeper knowledge of Jesus, 310. This is some ways to refocus your life on God. Colossians 3.10 says, And have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created me. Let's pause right there. Father, I want more knowledge of you in 2016. I want to know you more intimately. I want more knowledge of your nature, of your character, of your will for my life. Two, a clean and holy life. Colossians 3, 5 to 9. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication and cleanliness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Yep, verse 8. But now you yourselves put off all these things, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language. Yes, help us do that, Lord. All those things. Do not lie to one another. Yes, Lord, help us not do that. Since you have put off the old man, the flesh and its deeds. Thank you. Verse 9. Yeah. Godly virtues. Paul is saying, take on these things. Godly virtues. 3, 12 to 17. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against each other, even as Christ forgives you, so you also must forgive them. But above all these things, put on love, say love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. What about holiness in our domestic life? 3.18 to 21. Wives, submit to your own husbands. So this is your domestic life. This is you at home. This is what we want to attain to in 2016. This is what we want to do at home. We just don't want to live, you know, this outward, uh, outward life of God, but live another life at home. So what does it say? Paul is saying in 2016, don't lose sight of this. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Let's back it up to 18. I need to... Speaking, yeah. Wives, submit to your own husbands as fitting in the Lord. Yep. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well and pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Yeah, and lastly, fathers, yeah, do not provoke your children lest the air. And so that's your domestic life. What about your social life when you're out and about in the marketplace? Colossians 3, 22, 22 says, Bond servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. That's your bosses and your people around your life, that your superiors and 
not with eye service, not with eye service, uh, as men pleases, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. Whatever you do, do it heartedly as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And he who does wrong will be repaid for what he has done, and there is no partiality. Woo, 21. Okay, masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. 4-1. That's it. Thank you. What about effective prayer life? Don't let that go. Keep that. Keep that. 4-2 says continue earnestly in prayer. C3 Tugger, we need to keep praying. We need to keep praying. Men, you need to keep praying for your families. We as leaders need to keep praying for our church. People of God, we need to lift up holy hands and pray for those in authority and pray for those in the land and pray for your friends and family. Don't lose your prayer life. And lastly, a fruitful witness, 4, 3 and 6, 3 to 6, verse 3 to 6. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open us a door for the word. Like yesterday, I had opportunity. I said to the family gathering, the great, lovely spread of food at my sister's place. Just, I said to my sister and my extended family, non-church members, I said, do you mind if I say grace? And they said, sure. So there was a guy who runs a skateboard shop in Sydney, Redfern, great guy, very successful. and He was cool with it. The others were cool, non-church people. Heads go down, eyes closed. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to celebrate your son's birth. Thank you for this food. Father, I bless these people here with a future and a hope for 2016. And man, and thank you, Father, for this moment. And boom, it just set, just set the scene. And then we, like civilized people, began to partake of the riches of fear. It was beautiful. But Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door to say grace, a door to witness, a door to speak something to our mums and dads, our extended family, to speak the mystery of Christ for which I also am in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought. And I love that. They're the things that we're going to keep. That's what's going to give us our godly perspective as we ponder on things above, as we keep those things uh, dear to our life. And we're going to be able to give glory to God and do what God's called us to do. Second, some things must be released. As we clean out our room, we'll come across things that need to go. Of course we will, Julie, won't we? We don't have room for those things. Some of those things are just plain trash. We're going to place them out on the curb. They're going to be picked up, we hope. Although you have to nearly wrap it up in gift wrapping and bow tie it for the garbage man. I don't know what's wrong with the garbage man these days. But he will not pick up garbage anymore. It's literally got to be in a box with a bow tie, uh, with, a bow, with a bow on it and, 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 and some sort of gift beside the rubbish. before you. I don't, I don't know what's happening. There's just too many rules and regulations for picking up rubbish. Um, we need to release some things. And in a spiritual sense, the same thing is true. Some things we need to let go. Some things have tried to attach ourselves to us in this year. Some things we need to kick to the curb. And other things we need to just get rid of out of our life. We need to let it go. Hurts. 
uh, altercations, whatever they may be, little niggles, little things that are trying to hang on to us and fester in our life. A bitter root defiles many. A bitter root meaning something little incy-bincy at the start is in us as a, as a hurt, as a woundedness. But the Bible says that bitter root will defile many members. I always thought about other people, but it's really about other members of your body, you know, your heart, your mind, um, other, your, other areas of your life. You don't want to do that. You want to clear that out. But the Apostle Paul says in the book of Colossians, and we're not going to go there, he says you need to get rid of false doctrine. You need to get rid of philosophies, vain deceit, traditions of men, rudiments of the world, foolish demands, coming under the law. And uh, we're not going to tease these things out. They're just the flesh, fleshy deeds, fornication, uncleanliness. He goes on, he says, get rid of those things. When you do your spring cleaning, when you take inventory of your spiritual life, get rid of those things. Inordinate affection towards things, uh, things that are forbidden even, but things that are, you're just, just going after it too hard, you're lusting after it, coveting it, evil, uh, oh, don't know what that is, evil desires, uh, forbidden, yeah, covetousness, you don't have to deal with that, anger, smoldering bitterness maybe, stuff in your heart that needs to be dealt with, get rid of that, Paul is saying, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication, abusive speech, and lying, he says, get rid of that, get rid of that, that's going to cripple you spiritually, get rid of that, I'm nearly done, and, uh, and I could go, I could tease that out, you know, don't feed that stuff in 2016, don't feed it. And then, of course, there's no room in your heart for it, and you're not going to flourish in doing that. The third thing and the last thing I want to talk about, so there was things that you need to retain, that you're a new creature in Christ in particular, that you're dead to sin, that you're a slave to righteousness, that you're not going to be penalized for sin, uh, and, and then there's things that you need to release, that you need to get rid of your life, get, get rid of out of your life. The third thing is things to be remembered. As you're cleaning up your room, you're going to find things that you need to keep. They're, they're dear to you. Uh, maybe they're pictures of, uh, and even videos of your children when they were young and cute. Uh, maybe Julie's got some things in her room that she's uh, dear to her heart. I know she has some little things. The Bible, first Bible this woman ever gave to her father and Desi was at work in the 60s and this lady, godly woman, says, you got a daughter, haven't you? I said, yeah, what's her name, Julie? I said, you know what, I just, she's a godly woman, she's praying all the time, she's an older lady. And she says, you know what, I don't know what it is, I don't even know your daughter, but I've, I'm going to buy her a Bible, would you give her that Bible? And Desi said, yeah, whatever, Julie's parents weren't going to church at all. Uh, although Des was a Catholic, your mum was visiting a Church of Christ church down the road, and, but certainly far from um, attending church regularly. And the lady brought the white leather Bible to work and gave it to Des, Julie's father. And, Julie, and, and the father came home to Julie and said, this lady gave, actually with a little note, little note and the Bible, gave it to Julie as, I don't know how old she was, seven, eight, nine, eight. I was close, wasn't I? Uh, eight, and gave it that. And Julie, of course, might have looked at it for a while, but it got sucked up into the many volumes of books that Julie's father had. And, and, and of course, when she did show business and in the 70s and the early 80s, and she's done crazy stuff, sung with Johnny O'Keefe and been on the Donnie Sutherland show and Don Lane show and living a crazy 
life of, I was going to say hellish, but living a crazy life in the world, in the showbiz industry, burnt out, spat out in 83, back at home in Canley Heights in suburbia, and somehow she remembers. That's right. Some lady gave me a Bible. She goes into the garage, all the rubbish, jacked up the garage, is jacked up with rubbish, can't even get a bike in there. The garage is just solid, wall-to-wall rubbish. And she says, no, I know I was given a Bible. She starts to rummage through all the books, and somehow she gets a glimmer of the leather binding of the Bible, the leather bind, and reaches through, plucks it out. <gasps> I found it. I found it. There it is in the front from so-and-so to Julie. She opens it up and out falls the little note that the lady had given her. And what did the note say? Micah. Micah 5 4. What does that say? You shall stand and, he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord God Almighty. Just say that again. That scripture that you found in that Bible, after you came out of the world, you found a scripture that a lady gave to you when you were eight years of age. And the scripture said, I want you to repeat it for the podcast. Micah 5 4. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord God Almighty. Oh my goodness. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord, his God, and they shall abide, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. That is amazing. Some things must be remembered. Some things we need to retain, some things we need to release, some things we need to remember. Okay, here it is. We need to remember, we need to be reminded, reminded that there's been a death, that Jesus died on the cross, that we're children of God, our sins are paid for, there's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me, and the life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. And if we... Keep that truth dear to our heart through this season and take it into 2016. We're going to grow deeper in God. Second, there's been a deposit. You need to realize, just like Julie had that deposited into her spirit, when we were saved, we were given a new life. When we were saved, you were deposited with this, a divine nature, 2 Peter 1.4. And that new life guarantees the believer eternal security. 1 Peter 1.5, Hebrews 7.25, John 10.28. Because we are hidden in Jesus, we are in protected custody. I love that. And none of the enemies of the soul can approach us, attack us, or take us out of Jesus. Next, there has been a dream placed in us. And for those ones who understand this and especially for those who have lost loved ones, I know, but I know this, there's a dream in every Christian. And he closes this paragraph, verse 4. Can I have Colossians 3, verse 4? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Colossians. Thank you, guys. When Christ, who is our Lord, appears, when you also will appear with him in glory. And even last night, a dear friend that we just happened to have met through another friend, godly lady, Worked for, for ministry, had, had allowed herself to be solely um, just 
an instrument for God, beautiful lady, beautiful, absolutely beautiful lady. And we just happened to have met her and had dinner with her. And uh, we couldn't believe such a beautiful woman would be still single in, in her 30s, early 30s. And we had dinner. There was something, there was an aura around her. She was angelic. She'd worked for the parachute ministry in New Zealand. Uh, who knows that ministry? And she was such a godly woman. And she was, mad. God, how is she still not... Anyway, we got to know her, and then a year later, we found out that she had gotten uh, married, and then very shortly after that, they had diagnosed her with brain cancer. She was pregnant, fell pregnant. Then they found out she'd been diagnosed with brain cancer, and we were amazed. No way could a beautiful, godly person like this be be afflicted with such a, a thing it just didn't make sense and only like and I think that was a year ago or so had a, had a baby got through that glory to God and then of course last night we got the news boxing day, boxing day. God, unwrapped his gift. God unwrapped his gift wow Ruthie Carnegie yeah and, that, and that's, this is for all of us. Paul closes this paragraph by reminding us that this world is not the best there is. We may have to deny our flesh down here, but it will be worth it after all. We might have to battle Satan here, but we will enjoy victory there. When Jesus comes, our faith in him will be vindicated and we will be glorified. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.